Beyond the Ranch with Jay Gannon from Find the Ranch. Welcome to Beyond the Wrench. My name is Jay Ganinen. This will be our last podcast episode of 2020. We'll be returning on January 5th of 2021, but in lieu of a new episode, we'll be publishing a blog article on December 22nd, listing the five most popular Beyond the Wrench episodes of 2020. If you want to check that out, subscribe to the Wrenchway blog so you don't miss it. The link will be in the description of the podcast, and you're able to sign up and and get the latest and greatest from Wrenchway. For this episode, it's only fitting to finish off the year with Mark Wilson. As you probably know from prior episodes, Mark is the CEO at Wrenchway and Find a Wrench, and today we're going to be talking through some of what we've learned over the course of this crazy 2020 and some of the more updates that we're having with Wrenchway To me, this is pretty cool stuff because it gives us the ability to share kind of what we're learning as we go, uh, share some updates to Wrenchway, and just uh, kind of get the latest and greatest in general. So, Mark, we're about six months into Wrenchway, and you've been in the industry for just over a year now. What are are your initial thoughts on 2020 and, and kind of what you've learned over the course of the year in the industry? Yeah, well, first, good to be here as always. Um... What I've learned in 2020 and kind of hearing you do the intro there, uh, I'd say good riddance to 2020. Let's bring on 2021. Uh, A lot of good things happen, and we'll talk about some of that during this episode. But yeah, it's been a challenge, and and I'm I'm ready for a new year to begin. Not that the new year, it's going to be a while before everything gets back to normal, but let's let's bring that on for sure. Just a different number on the calendar will help. Yeah, exactly. Mentally, (laughs) if anything else. But Anyway, uh, yes, as far as kind of our finder wrench, our wrenchway stuff, uh, me being new to the industry in general, um, it has been an awesome year for learning, um, for us honing our product and um, kind of our process. As you know, I'm a big process guy. I like to dive into the details, number one. But number two, I also like to look at things from the end user perspective, um, I've been involved in a lot of product rollouts for different companies and that kind of guiding principle, if you first look at it from the end user, will just make the product, your sales messaging, your marketing, your customer service, everything a hundred times better. And I think what I've really kind of dove into the last couple of months is along those lines, um, This might get a little long-winded, so I apologize, Jay, but I think it's important (laughs) to kind of set the stage a little bit uh, and for the listeners to understand. If we compare, what I've tried to do is compare recruiting technicians to marketing principles that are well-established. They work, you know, every decent company that's out there uses them. So I wanted to take that framework and go through an exercise but instead of marketing, do it for technicians, because really that's what, or for recruiting, really that's what we're doing. We're marketing towards technicians and trying to get them to come work for you. So a couple of core things that every decent marketing group, at least ones that sell a higher end product, um, you know, that involves a bigger decision, not talking about marketing a soft drink or a candy bar or something like that, but it's, vitally important to, it's called a buyer persona. So you want to understand the person, the 
the persona of that person of that person that you're marketing to that person that will ultimately make the, the purchasing decision so we wanted to do the same thing for marketing technicians but instead of the person you're selling that is buying your product it's the person you're trying to get to come work for you so if we dive into that a little bit there's really two groups one we all need know that more tech, more young people need to be in the industry. We'll talk about that later. That's a whole different persona and problem that than what I'm going to dive into here. The, the one that we're focusing on and almost all of our shops care most about when they engage us to help them find technicians is that experienced uh, person. So uh, the, the person, even it doesn't have to be an A-level tech, but someone that at least has some experience um, so we kind of look into, we pull together different studies that are out there. We talk to hundreds, if not thousands, actually for sure, thousands of technicians. We talk to a ton of shops. And so if we can kind of create a persona for that technician, what, what does it look like? And you could dive into this very deeply, but I'm going to, for this episode, kind of keep it higher level. Sure. And one thing I really want to focus on is that person there's probably 2% at most that are not employed right now. So those are the ones that are look, actively looking for a job. They need something soon, um, whether it's because they got let go, they quit their other job, their significant other moved, and now they're in a new city. There are some of those, and, but it's only you know, 2 3% at most. The other end of the spectrum is the people that just love their job. Um, I wish this was 80, 90% of the technicians that are out there, but it's not. It's probably 25 to at the most 30%. And actually, that's not that different than most under other industries. It's a little lower, um, but the ones that truly are satisfied, it, it's probably 25% or so. So everyone else in the middle, that 70 to 75%, those are people that are employed, but they don't love their job. Uh, what we have found is they are looking around. They're definitely not actively applying to positions that are out there and taking days off work to go interview, things like that. Uh, but a lot of them are checking out the job boards. They're checking out Facebook groups. They are kind of poking their head out to see what's available. I compare it, as you know, I always like to compare things because um, it fits nice for our product uh, to the real estate world. Yeah. These are what I would call people that are thinking about buying a house in the next year or two. They're definitely not going to showings. They're not, they haven't talked to their bank yet, nothing like that. But they're ones that are just kind of considering making a move. Um, before we move on, Jay, does, does that make sense? Um, yeah. And anything else you think for our listeners, you and I have had this conversation a lot, so I don't want to just rant. <laughs> it's important to understand that persona of the person that the two key takeaways are, most of them aren't super happy at their job but they are employed. And then number two, at first I thought these guys were never checking out the job boards and doing anything like that. The only way to get their attention was to traditional recruiting and to calling them things like that. There are some like that, but there are a large number that are, are kind of checking things out a little bit to see if there's better opportunities out there. Anything you want to add before I move on from that? I don't think so. I think you summarized the points really well there. And, and I would echo everything that you've said. And it, it is funny kind of what we've learned over the process of really kind of leaning into trying to find out what 
text like, I think it speaks exactly to what you're saying. And, and um, you know, this is what we do every day. So it, it does, I think, help give us a different perspective than maybe others see. But yeah, you're, you're spot on. Perfect. <clears throat> so kind of moving on. So that's like marketing principle number one is establishing that buyer persona. Normally, I would dive much deeper into that. But I just want those two key, key takeaways I just mentioned. The next phase and again, this is something any decent marketing group um, does is map out the buying journey. Um, so in the sales process, you know, it's, it's the marketing and then it's maybe jumping on a sales call and then um, negotiating all that process. Everyone's a little different, but there's usually, you know, five core steps, six core steps, something like that. Well, we can do the same thing with the hiring process and we map out pretty standard, the five steps of any recruiting and then ultimately hiring process. Um, it usually starts with awareness. So you're trying to make them aware of that you're hiring. Um, so that's job boards, that's your social media posts, that's any other advertising that you're doing, getting your own team um, to spread the word. But then it jumps into the application part. So that's obviously the person filling out the application and applying, that's number two. Number three is the employer, the hiring company, in our case, the shop or the dealership. They're gathering the applications, reading through them, figuring out which ones make sense to move on to the next step. So that's kind of like an assessment uh, stage. Uh, the next one, number four, would be the actual interview process. So you've narrowed it down. You're figuring out which ones you want to interview. You bring them in, you talk to them, you answer questions, you go back and forth a little. And then finally, is the one or the ones that you want to make an offer to the hiring process. So sending them the offer, getting them to accept, getting them you know, all set away so you get their first day up and running, things like that. You could break those down into others. You could um, you know, create 10 or whatever, but that kind of five-step process is pretty standard, but it's important where it comes in. What marketers do a good job on the sales side is mapping those out and putting yourself in the shoes of that end user and seeing, all right, where can things fall through the cracks? How can we make it easier for them? What are the steps that it's just too big of a leap uh, for them to go from step two to step three or whatever the case is? So if we do the same thing for our hiring process, what I think we found in the last year, <clears throat> for sure the last couple months, is there's really a missing step. Um, which we'll get to, in, or I'll get to in a second what I'm calling that, but it's that step of going from awareness to them filling out the application. And it's important to spend a couple minutes diving into this of, if, you're, if we go back to that persona, the person who is checking out the job boards or does stumble upon, you, you succeeded in your awareness. We could have a whole uh, episode about awareness. Maybe we will at some point, but let's assume you got on their radar somehow, whether they're scrolling through a job board at night or whatever it is to get them to take the next step to apply. Think about from their perspective, how big of a step that is in, in a world where, you know, there's a lot of unemployed people or uh, people are, you know, you post a job and you instantly get 50 applicants. That is not the case in our industry at all. And if you do, it's not people that you probably want to be hiring. If you look at that persona we, we talked about a few minutes ago, to get them to actually apply, which, yes, they have to have a resume. That's a, that's a big step. 
but it's more of a mental thing of like going from scrolling through that looks interesting, which by the way, there's probably a hundred of them in your, in the city that look exactly like yours to have something on that job order, something that gets them excited enough to say, yes, I am going to apply, which means I'm committing in my mind that I'm probably, or there's a good chance I might leave where I'm working now. Um, I have to take a day or two off of work. I, it's just, ugh, it's a headache. It's uh, people it's aren't tough. happy, so they're willing to do it. But it's, it's, it's a lot to ask them to go from that, you know, scrolling through job boards to applying. And sorry, you jumped in there. You want to add? Oh, it's, it's just, it's overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Uh, and I think that's for any job, but more specifically this stuff where, there are so many options that it just, I don't know, it it gets overwhelming. And I think that's, that's a really, really key point there. Yeah. So if we, if we look at that person, that's for however they got to your job board or your website or whatever it is, uh, but they're not ready to apply yet. Of course you want them to apply. That's the action you want them taking. Then you can bring them in and you really can sell them on how great it is to work there. And in the past, that was probably enough, but right now it, you need their options now are just apply or nothing. And then you're just hoping they come back at some point down the road. You, you have no contact information of them yet. You they've seen some text on a job board. That's probably it. You want to give them something else they can do again, related to the marketing world, especially there's probably a lot of people listening on the dealership side. I don't care what product you sell, but we'll use cars the amount of research that happens before a buyer ever even talks to a salesperson is astronomical. That's mm-hmm. not how it was pre-internet, um, even the last probably before five, 10 years ago. But now any product that you're selling, again, excluding the soda and candy bars, things like that, but anything that is a, a decent decision and switching jobs is one of the biggest decisions you can make. The amount of research that people do ahead of time is crucial to it. And that's what's missing in the hiring process right now. The, the job descriptions themselves, a couple of years ago, I think they were all pretty vague and didn't say a lot. If you scroll through Indeed or ZipRecruiter now, shops, a lot of them do a really good job and they're very well written. Uh, we help companies improve that, but for the most part, there's some really good ones out there, but it's still not enough for them to apply. So that stage that's missing to help fill that gap, we call it the consideration stage. So that technician, that potential applicant, what else can you give them to let them learn about your company, learn about your team, separate yourself from other companies that are out there, separate yourself from where they work now, Uh, And there's just not a lot that's out there right now. If you go out to Indeed and you pick some of the random companies, and even if you follow the link to their website, best case, they might have a careers page. There's probably, you know, some photos of nice smiling people. Maybe there's a video of how great it is to work there. But Jay, you've been around technicians your whole life. You know, some of those marketing things, they're great. Don't get me wrong but they're make you kind of roll your eyes a little bit, especially technicians. They're scripted. They're, they don't really tell you much. Um, I don't know. You want to add anything to that part of how yeah, there's, there's skepticism around, around some of the, everyone knows those career pages I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think it's for uh, from a technician's perspective, 
it's pretty natural to be skeptical in general, just because of some of the history of how a technician has been treated or perceived that they they've been treated. And I, you know, I think that that's where approaching your message at the right from the right angle is so important because you're, you're trying to gain trust with the technician. You're trying to actually show something that is true, not like some candid or, or canned response that is uh, not really reflective of what it is like to work at a place. Uh, you know, and I think that's where we generate a lot of skepticism. Uh, it, it's maybe past history of somebody getting painted a picture to that didn't quite reflect accurately once they got to a place or something like that. And that, that drives a lot of that skepticism, but, um, but yeah, there's definitely skepticism there. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of got us into at least the first version of Wrenchway, which these are pages, profile pages that a shop or dealership can create pretty easily. We manage everything, we host everything, but it's, again, you want them to apply if they're on your job listing on a job board. But if not, add a sentence of, to find out what it's really like to work here, check out this page and it's a link there. So at first we had those things filled with, and we still do, kind of an FAQ style um, questions that technicians really care about, gives them a good sense of what it's like to work there, stuff that doesn't make your typical job posting. We also included photos of the area you're working in, of the equipment that they can use, those have been extremely popular. Again, relate it back to the real estate world. It's kind of like viewing an online Zillow listing. You want to see pictures of that house. You don't want to just see a description of it. So that's, we've built up a lot of momentum with that. But still, if we step back and we take our, you know, wrench way, we work here, those goggles off and say, all right, if I'm a technician, how else can we make it even better? And what I think was missing was still that sense of, you know, what is it really like? What's the team like? And that's where we're kind of excited or not kind of, we're very excited to add video into the Wrenchway pages. Um, and this is where I think I'll let you talk more about it. But before we do that, when I say video, I don't mean you spend $5,000 and have a marketing company go through and have, you know, set it to background music, things like that of all the great reasons to work there. If you have one of those, fine, you can put it on there. But what we see and what we've been playing around with is real videos. So it's pulling out your iPhone and talking to three technicians about what it's like to work there. Those are the easy ones. But then going through, have them describe, you know, a certain process that your company goes through. The end result of these two, three minute videos, if you can start to populate your page with five, six of those, um, over time and you keep adding them, maybe you delete some and then add others. But if, if I step back and now I'm that person who's looking at your job posting and I get to your page and I see all the photos, I can read everything. I may not click and watch all five videos, but if I watch a couple of them, it really starts to have me understand what it's like to work there. I get a sense for the, the team you have, um, it's just a weird thing that you have to experience for yourself to understand that just seeing those informal, real videos, not over polished. Um, I may not watch them all, but I, I may then apply right away. I may not. And then I come back a little later and check it out. It just, 
it gives them something to do in that research phase before I take that giant leap, leap to apply. And I know, Jay, you've worked with a few shops, including your dad's. And we were a little skeptical at first on how much video would really change. You know, how different is it really than the photos that we have out there now? But maybe if I'll stop blabbing for a while, if you want to talk to your dad shop or others uh, of just how eye-opening it has been to go through that process. It's been really cool. Um, and I, I'll use my dad's shop as a reference for this just because it, it, it uh, is something we, we refer to a lot in a, a lot of our marketing stuff. But I, uh, I went down and just to kind of work through how, how this looks, how it feels like in terms of the actual videos themselves, went down with nothing real fancy, right? I went down with, a, with an iPhone, uh, with my phone, and we really just wanted to talk to them about what they liked about working there, what they, you know, what was it that was different about working there and, and really getting it from the horse's mouth. And when I say that directly from the technicians, and so we had a mixture of, of managers and technicians on video and you get such a great sense of who they are and who's going to fit in terms of your personality with that shop. Um, and that goes for any shop, right? Is I, I think all shops kind of carry their own personality and, and we refer to it a lot as culture, right? And, and with the pictures and, and the words, you really can't get that feel of what it's like to work there, but video changes that completely. And, and we really just sat down, came up with a really simple set of questions uh, that were really focused on what they did there uh, and, and really just getting the personality out of them was great. And at first I think it was a little bit of like, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're recording us doing what? And once they saw the videos back, it was really interesting. And we actually had uh, one of the individuals that was on was a tech that my dad had honestly been after for a long time. He really liked him, thought they'd fit that he'd fit the shop really well. And uh, it took him probably about a year to get him from, uh, from a dealership. Right. And, and really, they wanted to bring him into the fold as a foundational piece to their shop. And when I showed him the video back, he said that he would have, um, he would have made his decision much, much earlier to come because he liked the way they came off in the videos. And I think just for, for him and for his sake, it was just a different way of seeing what is already there. Right. Like it, and seeing kind of the behind the scenes and that, you know, they're, they can laugh. They can, they can have fun. They, they are serious about what they do. There's a specific way that they do some things. And again, I think it, it was probably surprising to me in how much of that uniqueness came through in video. And, and like Mark said, it was just kind of, it, it was really, it's hard to put your finger on why it's so impactful, but once you do it, it's like, okay, that, that was, that was needed. Like that was, that's such a cool part. And Mark, you saw the videos. I mean, what were your thoughts? Any, I guess maybe any surprises that you saw out of the video? Yeah. Well, I, I was nervous at first, like in theory, I thought this would be cool, but then seeing it in action, I was a little nervous. And you just said, it's hard to put your finger on why it's so impactful. The more I think it's because it's authentic. So it's yeah. not, and I think when we first start describing it, people probably go to what they're familiar with and think, oh, yeah, a testimonial video. I'm familiar with those. No, <laughs> it's not that. It's not a scripted thing. It's not edited. It's 
it's impromptu, it's real conversations. Um, so just getting people, the testimonial ones are easy and those I think will be the first ones people start with. But so I'm kind of skipping over those because those are what they are. But the, the really impactful ones, the ones that are authentic to me, the ones that get a feel for the team more are like you guys did one about going through what it's like for a technician, the inspection process when they get a, a new a car in to work on. Something that people take for granted, but just documenting what that process is, having those guys describe it. I think you chose that because your dad shop recently made some changes there and the yeah. technicians love it and it saves them a ton of time. So obviously that's important and you want to share that. But what came across when they're talking about it and I think it was key to have two or three of them together that they can feed off of each other. And that takes away some of the nervousness too. Yeah. Um, but hearing those guys talk about how much time it saves and then they make little jokes to each other. And because it's not scripted and it's just, you know, you in this case, holding the camera or any uh, shop manager or marketing person at a dealership or any employer could be the one doing it. But you get that sense you know, they're laughing with each other and I don't know, I'm probably rambling here, but it's so much better than any scripted, polished marketing thing video that we could have paid a company to do for them. Yes. And it's not any one video either. It's probably a series of five, six of these things that each of them take maybe five, 10 minutes to create. Maybe you'll have some outtakes and you won't, won't want to use it. Sometimes those are good too though, but that authenticity, um, and it makes it less intimidating too of how do I even get started with this? It's there's a saying you and I always talk about is document, don't create. So don't think about having to create this like best commercial ever. Those are the things most people in general, but especially technicians kind of roll their eyes at and they're skeptical of just document your team, document your process, document that, um, you know, and that's what sells them. If you think about an ideal world, you would get a potential technician to come into your shop. And that's what they want to see. Mm -hmm. They want to talk to the technicians, but they want to see, uh, you know, in action, what the work is like. They want to ask the questions of how those processes go. Those are things you can document because you're not getting people to come in for an interview like you were five, 10 years ago. Um, so I, to get back to your thing of, you can't put the finger on why it's so effective. I honestly think it's because it's authentic and it's, it's not scripted and it's just real, real conversations. Well, and it's not us saying, okay, you have to do this video for this amount of time. And this is, it, it's, it's truly like, what, what do you think is best about your shop and, and how, how do you get that out on video? And, you know, we had some that were six minutes long, seven minutes long. And then we had some that were like a minute and a half long. And it was, it was really based on the subject. And, and as we're, we were learning more about it, the more, you know, there were some videos where I could see, you know, if, if a tech were to watch one, that it would lead them to want to watch another one or maybe a longer one. And it, it just, honestly, we had a lot of fun with it. And I think that's where you're going to see a huge impact from the, the standpoint of techs having visibility to your shop is the, as you said, the more, the more authentic you are to me, the, it, it sounds weird to say, but the more authentic you are, the more trustworthy I feel like you are. Like the more I, I, I trust that you're telling uh, or painting an accurate picture of what it is actually like to work there. Yeah, that's, 
A hundred percent true. And it, it's great because it makes it less intimidating too. Like I keep saying, of just getting started and you got 10 extra minutes and uh, shoot a video. And if it sucks, you don't have to upload it. <laughs> but often like your dad shot, they do once a week lunches. Um, it's not like you're going to record that whole lunch of them eating pizza or whatever, but you can take five minutes out of that and kind of shoot some video of that. And I guarantee it's guys laughing. It's, it's that, you know, that stuff is what, if I'm a technician, and again, we've already talked about the beginning, these guys are looking at job boards and they are seeing what's out there. But if you're sitting on your couch at night or scrolling through, those are the things you might invest 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, like I said, in doing. And it's it's much more powerful than just uh, the standalone job description that you, you, you watch five or you read five of them and they all start to blend together. This is your chance, I think, to bridge that gap of going from awareness to the application stage. And then last point I'll make is this whole conversation has been relating it to things that work in marketing. No one questions whether it's a good idea in marketing to have a buyer persona or to map out the buying journey. Well, videos and things like this, the last few years, especially the authentic ones, they just on social media, anywhere you publish them they perform so much better than the, you know, production value, you know, movie type commercials that we're all used to and thinking about that. I mean, Jay, you, half of our business, you probably got from your LinkedIn videos. Yeah. Um, and those are just you in your car or you talking about, I know you, you put time into them and you take it seriously, but they work because they're authentic, not because you paid a lot of money to have some marketing group do it for you. It's just your honesty um, and that has resulted in some huge partnerships for us. That same thing is is 100% going to work in recruiting. Yeah, and I the one thing I would add there is it wasn't something that was just supernatural to me to start off with, you know, in referring to the LinkedIn videos. But as you do more of them, you get more comfortable. You get you get to see, you know, what what works, what doesn't work, and. For me, it's just I'm really passionate about this industry, and I think a lot of people are really passionate about their shops and and what they offer and and why they're a great place to work. And to see that come through in a video and that genuine authenticity uh, is something you just cannot get in pictures. You cannot get it in pictures. You can't get it in writing. Like there's just there's no way around it. Video is by far the best way to get that across. Yeah. So to bring it back, we're adding that to Wrenchway. We've been playing around with it like kind of a private version that we're not making public yet, but in the next couple of weeks, that'll be available to all Wrenchway clients. And we'll, we'll provide guides for them too. Again, we want it to be authentic. So we're not going to tell them use this script or anything, but off the top of our head, there's probably 50 different topics you could go through. So we'll give them a list of examples and point them to good videos we've done. Um, it's not like you just want to copy it, but sometimes people need, need a little nudge of like, well, what types of things should I be posting? Um, if we give them a list to pick from, if there's 50, 30 might not even be relevant for you, but a lot of them will and just get started. And then as you do that process, consistency is the key. Uh, it's probably going to take a couple hours to get it set up at first because you're going to want to have three or four or five videos um, on your page. But then after that, whether it's once a month, a couple times a month, whatever it is, I don't care how busy, I know we're all busy, but then at, at the other end of your mouth, you're talking about how you need more technicians. So you can spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 
once every two weeks or something like that to just document something. And I 100% guarantee that's going to help in your recruiting efforts for these experienced people. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that, that goes right to a lot of the content that I put out talking about how it, it, it's just like, what's the definition of insanity? You're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's very similar in this regard, right? Where we still, as an industry think, okay, we're just going to put out this ad and we're still going to get, you know, we're going to get all these people. And then we're shocked when that doesn't happen. And it just, a, it's a far different way of doing it. And I, something that to me just makes all the sense in the world and can really, really help some people out and not only help the shops, but the techs, when, when they're going through and we talk about it all the time with how difficult it is to navigate a, a job board. And, and even if the, the job descriptions are well-written, there's so many of them that it's, it's so hard to weed through any of it. And, and it gets overwhelming. And I think it gets to that point to where when you are in that initial discovery phase, or you're trying to really understand who it is that you're looking at, that it, it really kind of, overwhelms you to the point where you just don't hit the apply button, right? You don't, you don't move forward. Yeah, for sure. And kind of close out this part of it, at least, um, again, going through my exercises, I go through if I'm launching a new product or anything like that, um, and going through all the marketing principles, it's good to look at potential objections too. So I kind of want to cover that. Cause I think in talking to some shops, we have had some that are a little nervous, about Wrenchway pages in general, and not just that they're nervous about, oh, my voice sounds weird on video or something like that. It's they, they're hesitant to put their information out there. Um, it might, there's a few reasons for that. So first, if it's because your pay is poor or your benefits aren't where they need to be, you don't need to be at the top. There are a lot of technicians that, you know, will take a shorter drive or work for a better company or a better boss and take a little less money. But if you're so far below yeah. um, the market, then, I mean, frankly, you should work on that before you even, these pages probably aren't meant for you anyway. Um, but then, yes, we're asking you to share some real things, some authentic things, but we're not asking you to share anything proprietary. We're not asking you to share your financials or anything like that. Um, it's stuff that technic good technicians would find out during the interview anyway. But again, they're not making it to the interview stage. You're trying to get them that information before there. And then um, a, a last point to this is it's so competitive out there. I want to play, I want to be on offense, not on defense. So I don't want to just be worried that, oh, if I put my technicians out, others might see them and recruit them. One, if I have a good place and I'm paying them well and I'm treating them fairly and they're happy to work there. I know they can, that's my best asset. They can help me to recruit other technicians. I want to, I want to show that. Um, so I don't want to be defensive. I want to kind of do the benefits of getting that out there and being on offense to drive more technicians in will far outweigh uh, if anyone sees that video and then all oh, that technician looks like he's doing a good job at whatever I'm going to try to recruit them. That's happening regardless. I guarantee people are, are already recruiting your technicians. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think a lot of that stuff turns into just excuses for being lazy. I, I, I know that sounds harsh, and I know um, the people we sell to are busier than anyone. You know, they're, they're 
performing a lot more jobs than just recruiters. It's not usually a recruiter we sell stuff to. It's usually um, an owner or a GM or a fixed ops director or something like that. So they're busy, but it usually just comes down to excuses that they just don't want to get started with the process. And that's why we want to make it easy for them, digestible to make it, you know, as long as you're willing to invest half hour a month, 45 minutes, something like that, we'll give you the playbook, we'll give you the tools, but you have to be willing to put in the time on your end. Um, yeah, I know you and I talk about that too, Jay, of hesitancy on people. They, they claim they don't want to because they're giving away secrets or anything like that. But I think when you drill down to the root cause, a lot of times it's just an easy excuse because they don't want to put the work in. What do you think about that? I agree. I, um, and, and a lot of times I think it's because they don't know how to put the work in, right? Like it, yeah. it's, it sounds really easy to go put an ad out in, uh, you know, in Indeed or, you know, whatever job board it is. But when you do it and you don't hear anything back from anybody for a week, you, you find it, you kind of feel like you're just out in a field by yourself. Right. And I think that's where it, it can really cause you, it can paralyze you because you don't, you know, you don't know what that next step is. And that can be a really, really big challenge, especially when that's not your primary job, right? Your, your primary job for the most part is probably going to be running the shop and running the operations and making sure that that's profitable. And uh, it can become really an afterthought but in reality, I mean, I, I just really look at it from the standpoint of like athletics. And if you're a football team and you are the general manager, obviously the operation of how, how you run it is going to be so impactful to the whole thing. But unless you have good players there, you're, you're not, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're in trouble. So I, well, I, and just real yeah. quick on that, it's, that's a good analogy that I hadn't used before, but you're not just showing up on game day. And that's what you're doing now if you just post an ad and that's all. You have to put the work in to create these videos and to talk to your team and find out what things can be doing better. Practice, that's important. Hitting the weight room, all that, you know, we can use that analogy all day long. But I think it's a perfect example of you need to be consistent and um, make it part of your routine. And I, I don't know if that means for some shops it's an hour a month, if it's 15 minutes a week. We can help with all of that, but just doing something rather than kind of complaining about how hard it is to find technicians is, is going to be the winning formula every time. So key. So key. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And I, I think that's when I, when I talked about the, you know, the definition of insanity before, that's what I'm talking about is, is we've got to move on from the, the mindset that this has worked in the past, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago that, and so it's going to work now because it just, it's proven time and time again, that it just, it, unless you have positive effort toward it, you're not going to change anything. And that's, that gets really, really frustrating. Exactly. Right. Uh, you want to, so I went down a long tangent with all that, but I think it's good. I think I'm excited to have more conversations with that. I'm excited to get these video pages out there. I think it'll be something that catches on very quickly. We've, we've worked hard on the, our product team to make it simple um, because we know we're not going to get people to spend hours a week on this. If, if we're trying to get 15 minutes a week or half hour every month, we need to be efficient with that. So we made the product very simple and cost effective. Um, I'm anxious to get it out there, but 
We also have a lot of other things going on. If, if you want, we can spend a few times on that. Yeah, definitely. I think this is, it kind of goes full circle with everything we've talked about so far, uh, what we've learned over the course of 2020, and then uh, really what, what that means for our product. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what, uh, what's new, what we've got going on? Yeah, so on the recruiting side in general, um, things were slow in November, partly because of the election, COVID ramped up again in a lot of areas, um, just Thanksgiving. These first couple of weeks of December, though, on the recruiting side, we are seeing way more activity than we have the past several months. Um, so that's an awesome trend to see. January is always a great month for recruiting, so I'm sure it'll skyrocket even more. Um, so on our find a wrench side, things are clicking. We're, we're doing well there. On the wrenchway side, a lot of that I covered already. Um, but most of the listeners know we do have an app that technicians can use. There's no recruiting or anything in that. All your information is anonymous, but we want to get feedback from technicians and then we created fun games and prizes. We're seeing great growth there. Um, that's something we want to keep pushing in, in marketing and uh, sharing that information with others in the industry, again, in an anonymous way. So we're not disclosing anyone's contact information or anything like that. We want honesty more than anything. And then lastly, um, we're, we have a pretty awesome project we're doing. We still got to figure out what we're naming it. Uh, we're <laughs> settling on a couple, but it's around connecting shops with schools. And I mean, both technical um, post-secondary schools, and then high schools. That's something we've, everyone need, knows more improvements are needed there. Um, we've done some things like haphazardly about that and informally and trying to figure out we want to be in this space somewhere. We don't know what it looks like. Well, we didn't until the last couple months. Late January, um, we'll be announcing what our product is for that, and that's going to be awesome. Um, it's not recruiting related, anything like that. It's literally helping technicians or excuse me, um, schools and shops, dealers, others, OEMs, things like that work together to get more kids interested, to get more technicians joining the industry. We have an awesome new team member we're bringing on to help lead those efforts. Um, she described it in a way that I'm going to steal, but the, our approach to that is there, the key to that is it's a national problem with a local solution, meaning that no one company is going to figure it all out for the whole country as a whole. And all of a sudden we have 100,000 more kids joining the industry. But there are things we all can do at the local level where at your local level, you get one, two, three more people interested. Um, that's the approach, that bottoms up approach that we're taking with the product we're unveiling. So Super excited, not going to go into more detail about that, but the end of January, that's going to be one that I think uh, a lot of people get value out of. Yeah, and I it, it plays really well with a lot of the stuff that we've we've been working on. And, and um, if anybody follows my social media or the, the LinkedIn or even, I guess, Facebook for uh, both Finder Wrench and Wrenchway, we just were able to work with a partner of ours, Truck Country, who is an amazing, amazing company, to be able to supply diesel engines to a, uh, to a couple of local high schools to help them learn how to uh, help them really get exposure to high school students. And really, again, running off of what Mark's message there of the, the 
national problem with a local solution is hopefully we get that buy-in from shops to, to really, you know, not even, not even just to like, Hey, I need a tech, go, go get me one now at the school, but more so getting involved and, and showing schools, what a cool industry we have and how many great people we have in it. And, and I think some of the stuff that we're coming with will really be able to help with that. Yeah. And like I said before, anytime we want launch a new product, we think about all sides. So we're aware shops are busy. You have a million things going on. We've created this product where, um, you know, we don't want to put the burden on any one shop or dealer or anything like that. What we're asking for, at least for sh- people that want to participate and be part of the solution is, you know, to plan out whether it's a six month period or a quarter or whatever it is. You can't tell me with a problem this big, you can't find a way to allocate an hour of time. And we'll show what that means, but we built it in a way that it makes it consumable and um, easy to say, all right, I can do my part. I don't need to hire another person just to do this, or I don't need to spend godly amount of hours on it. There are little things I can do that can make a huge difference. Um, so I'm, I'm, and you know me, Jay, I'm a product nerd. So we've been working on this for a while. I, I'm excited to get it out there and get people using it once we get to that stage. I am too. I think it's going to have a huge impact on the industry as a whole. Um, and to me, that's, you know, growing up in this business, that's one thing that really, really hits home with me. Um, and I, I, I'm just beyond excited about what we've got going into 2021 and, and, uh, how, how big of an impact I think we can have. Cool. Well, yeah, I think, um, I'm sure you'll end it here with some stuff, but if, if anyone wants to reach out to us to learn more about the video, we'll have official stuff coming out, but we also are looking for more shops to kind of volunteer and be part of the, the experiment we're doing. Um, we've, we've got a lot under our belt already, but if anyone wants to reach out to us, um, either myself or Jay can send us a message, an email, a LinkedIn message, whatever it is, but you're going to see a lot from us in that area here starting probably next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, and similar to what you said too. I mean, if, if uh, any of our listeners want, you know, any advice or they want to talk through uh, maybe their wrenchway strategy in general, uh, feel free to let me know. I think it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun once you start to dive into it and, and uh, can have to me an easily big impact on your business as you move forward. So uh, exciting stuff going into the new year. Yeah, speaking of that, why don't we end on, it started with me talking about how the year was for me, but what about yourself? I mean, it's been a crazy year, not just the (laughs) podcast, but closing with thoughts of wisdom, like that old SNL thing, Deep Thoughts by by Jay Ganin in here. No, but for real, I'm I'm curious any kind of, this is the last one of the year. What are your closing thoughts on 2020 for the podcast? 2020 was obviously the craziest year of our lives. Um, and, and not just from a business standpoint, but from a personal standpoint and trying to navigate everything was, was nuts. And one of the things that you and I have talked about, Mark, is how, how much we did even in the first quarter of 2020. And that's not to pat ourselves on the back, but more so just like we made some really, really big internal changes and uh, things that I think, in general, helped our help both the finder wrench and the wrenchway side out. But I've learned so much through the process uh, from creating content uh, and really understanding how important the content is in terms of 
educating people. Uh, we've had a, so many great guests on the podcast. And I, I think the more we're learning through Wrenchway Insiders and trying to get you know that, that real voice of technician out, I think we're starting to see some improvement and we're starting to see some, some impact in the industry already. And that's something to me that, you know, at the end of the day, all of the business and everything is great, but when, when it gets down to it, impacting the industry is such a big deal to me. And I think we, we've really moved the needle in that direction for 2020. And I think not only that we've learned so much in terms of industry relations and, and how, to, to help and provide value to shops. And I, I think it's, we don't have every answer by any means, but the more we're able to learn about this and to me bringing, you know, your expertise on the product side and in really how much you love process, I'm kind of the opposite way, right? Where I'm, I'm more all over the place and, and talking to people, but, uh, you know, I see it in our business and I think this is where, I think it's super important for shops to understand the same thing is just people. It's not just saying people are important. It, they are really, really important and getting people in the right roles and getting them where they're confident and they, they, you know, they're going to thrive is such a big deal in any business. And we're starting to see that with shops where it's not just because somebody can do a job that they're employed at a, a specific place it's more so finding the right fits, finding the right fit for the technician, putting them in the best spot to succeed. And uh, that's something over the course of, of our time in business that I've had to learn more about is just really how important it is to get the right person at the right place so that everybody's happy. And to me, 2020 has been a, a, an absolute, I guess, eye-opener to me on how important that is. Does that make sense? It sure does, yeah. Net positive year for 2020. A lot of it still sucked. Don't <laughs> Overall, if we're being honest, it was definitely a net positive. Um, that being said, bring on 2021. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we mentioned, this is the last podcast of 2020. And we're, I think, all happy to bid farewell to 2020. Want to thank everybody that listens to the podcast, that interacts with Wrenchway Insiders, that interacts with Wrenchway Weekly, all of the content that we put out, it does mean the world to us that you're engaged in that you, you, you're able to see how many people truly care about this industry. So uh, a special thank you to everybody. I look forward to 2021, seeing what all you have to say and, uh, and really bringing on more great podcasts. As I mentioned, I think we're gonna start off uh, January 5th with a bang with our, our first podcast of next year. And uh, it just really cool stuff. So looking forward to 2021. Thanks for being on, Mark. We'll have you on, I'm sure, many times in 2021 as well. All right. Take care, everyone.